0: welcome to the kinja's podcast here we will discuss dance life and whatever the f**k we want
1: welcome guys to the kinja's podcast i know this uh voice probably sounds unfamiliar to you what you probably don't hear this often but uh this is charlie here behind the mic Uh, I'll be your master of ceremonies today as we interview the one and only Benjamin Chung, or as we'd like to call him, B-Tech. I like to call him B-Tech on uh, days where I want to make him laugh. Today we have a really good episode where we uh, talk about everything from, uh, you know, Jabberwockies. I know that's a... I know your ears are burning, right? Uh, To fashion, for those of you who... uh, are are looking for your swag right now you know like you can you can find it here to uh branding business branding how he's like really cool business guy in social settings to to god right how cool is that and then uh yeah we ended up with some lightning round questions and uh we learned uh, my favorite part about this is i learned something new about his uh jabbawake history where he uh kind of did something at a concert but uh you gotta listen to find out so uh tune in uh this again is charlie conducting this interview doing my best for you guys all right play the intro dang it (laughs) ladies and gentlemen welcome to the kinjas podcast i am your host charlie i'm taking over ben's gone (laughs) he's gone He's gone. He's gone. Uh, he's on a trip. He's on a trip to uh, Lake Elsinore. Lake Elsinore. Lake Elsinore. But yeah, I'm hosting today, and uh, for uh, our guest today, we have the wonderful B Tech Ben Chung, former Jabulake's member, former Box Cutters member, former Kaba Modern member. Wow, am I getting this right? This is off the top of the head, and now in the present kinja's member full-time dancer ladies and gentlemen ben b-tech fashionista chung wow applause please
2: that was an amazing intro i I do have to interject because when you said box cutters i was like was i a part of box were you i saw that video well i think that was a class that lando taught oh and then sorry man i'm just out of that generation i don't know man maybe i was (laughs) mando if i was never a box cutter man i'm sorry bro but
1: you know i love you i met a box cutter race car box cutter race cars. yeah the little like, race ah like those yeah. soapbox racers yeah you're a yeah. part of the team you're part of the la yes. team because you were born in la am i right i was born well la county la
2: county i was born in panorama city california wow. which is in the san fernando valley the view there must be nice uh yeah it's like a panoramic panoramic view yeah 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 if you take the photo panoramic style yeah um yeah i was born in panorama city lived my childhood in northridge california wow all
1: right well we but we know this already we already know this from the first episode the yeah yeah sorry you
2: must be a a host of a a podcast
1: i'm a host of uh it's really fun man Tables have turned. The tables have turned. This but is great. I'm really, I'm really excited for you to be on this end because I feel like it's been what a year now. It's Since it's been a year, it's been a year, and yeah. you've always been the host. You have always been the Conan. Hey, you've been co-host as well as Mike Fowl, Andy Richter. Andy Richter. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, let's. Uh, I know a lot of a lot of fans have been asking for this episode, and we've read your review about. Hey, let's let's get B Tech on this, and let's let's get him to answer some questions. So here we are. Here we are. And I'm gonna take the same approach that you did uh, with my interview. Uh, I'm gonna ask you like so. Recently, as of much, I've, I've also seen a growth within you, my friend. Oh. Yeah, within dance as well. You have been taking it more seriously and creating more as well. The, the piece that you did with Tony and Kevin, that R&B joint, I thoroughly enjoyed that track. Ah, thank you. I Harris did. in the Rain. Yes. And uh, yeah, I've always been a fan of your work. And I must, I must be frank. In the beginning, uh, I didn't know who you were. I didn't know. What is the beginning? The beginning was when uh, when you joined in 2013. Oh. Yeah. Oh, 14 actually. 14, yeah. sorry, that's yeah. my mistake. It's all good. But yeah, I didn't know and uh, after so many years of like uh, getting tidbits from everybody, you know, cuz mm-hmm. I I also was not in that generation, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. even like in the generation of the guys now like Ant and Mike and stuff, like I was actually the community generation after that. Mm. So all these stories yep, yep, yep. that I hear from you or how people know you, yeah. you know, is all, always like super cool to like listen to, but um can you like maybe start out with uh talking about your dance history? Yeah, yeah, that's a long one. Yeah. But first
2: I want to address the whole um people requesting for me to be a guest. Oh, please go ahead. Guys, thank you. <laughs> um means a lot that you guys care about me? <laughs> For real I though. I mean, you yeah, I appreciate it. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, my dance history. Um, let me try to give a, a detailed yet as fast as I can. And normally I suck at that. So well, here we go again. Um, I started in high school, late bloomer. I was probably like 16 years old and uh, grew up in the MTV generation where they actually play music videos. And I was watching, you know, videos of MC Hammer, Michael Jackson, uh, even Vanilla Ice, Kid and Play, where, you know, all the, the 90s party dances were were in, right? And then, you know, and then come, you know, a few years later, you get artists like Usher. And so I just loved the, the aesthetics of dance. And I never knew that I wanted to do it myself, but I would always just appreciate it. And then in... Um, so it was like eighth grade. I was hanging out with a bunch of just the B boys at my school and I, I wasn't doing it, but I was just like, dang, that's so dope. And then secretly at home, I would try it by myself, you know, yeah. in my room. Couldn't do it. Cause I was a big kid. Moving around on the floor as a big kid not the easiest thing. Ben Chung, a big kid? I was a I was a chubster. I oh, was. Man. I have pictures to prove it. That's why I relate to you,
1: man. Yeah, dude. We have a very similar past. We have past. a very similar past. And yeah. We our, both our, have bifocals. We both were bifocals. chubsters. Bifocals. Yeah. Yeah. Please continue, though. I will.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I discovered popping. Hey. And uh, I was just like, yo, this looks at least looks easier to do. You're not, like, having to carry all your weight around on the floor. So I just started gravitating towards the few popping videos that I can find at the time. No YouTube at the time. You're finding videos on bboyworld.com to once you got, like, torrents, Then you got, like, the Napster videos. And yeah. then E-Bombs World popped up. And then you Whoa. would find, like, David Elsewhere versus Mike Song video clips that went viral. The first, like, viral dance video, as far as I think. I don't know. I might be wrong. I remember that one. But... So I just kind of started to practice what I thought popping was. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what it was called at the time. You just, you know, I was like dancing like a robot or whatever. Yeah. And I never had any formal training. So I I think I learned kind of, it's weird. I learned my stuff backwards in a lot of ways because I think I, I just did all the things that I liked. I didn't, no one told me. Um, oh, in order for you to do this, you should go take a foundational popping class mm. or you should learn from this person. Um, these things are actually called this. And there was nothing like that. I was like, I like imitating what I'm watching on screen and um, and I, I want to try to do it the best that I can. But also because I wasn't formally trained by anybody, Yeah, uh, I think I just kind of did versions of it, which also, I guess came to my benefit because then once I actually started putting routines together which I didn't even know that like choreography like an 8 count, I didn't know what an 8 count was and then someone taught me like oh yeah music's broken up into counts of 8 and like here's how to do it and all you do is just repeat it and then whatever move you do to that count, that's the count of the the song and I'm like oh okay so I just kind of started doing that and then people started to say that I had this style that they hadn't seen before. And, um, and I felt like it was because I was just doing things that I thought were right, but they weren't quite right. But I figured out a way to kind of make
1: it look good, I guess. And I and I think uh, what you're saying there is really important to kind of point out because I I know uh, some people that have that type of uh, experience where they uh, fall in love with dance and learn a certain style, but they don't learn like fundamentally mm-hmm. because back in the day, uh, it wasn't always that open. Like you didn't know where to find those things. Yeah. But I, I do want to point out that that is, uh, that is where some like really cool styles start to develop. Right. Very, very personal like uh, individualized style, so I think you should be really proud of that, mm. yeah, really proud of that. But can you walk us through, uh, maybe like, um, maybe like your your dance team years, yeah. like who, like, who were you a part of? Were you a part of the dance industry? Did you, do, like, yeah, so stuff?
2: I didn't even know there was a dance industry. I mean, I see these people dancing behind these artists in these music videos, um, never once. Did it occur to me that, like, oh, I could do that. I was just like, that stuff's cool, but I don't know. I'm going to just dance for fun. Yeah. And so once I discovered the dance community, I didn't really know that this community existed until, like, 2000, 2001, maybe. Wow. And, um... And, uh, and it was interesting because I was only dancing with like two of my friends from my church and we would enter, well, one, we would do our church win- like, you know, camp talent shows. Yeah. And then, and then I found out cause one of my friends that I danced with found out that there was like these Korean festivals and I actually danced for church too. Dude, I feel like a lot of people start dancing in their youth group. Talent shows yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So I found out about these Korean talent shows, and then they had you know it's just you know talents like you can be a singer, or a rapper, or dancer, just any kind of talent. Yeah. We entered our first one, we got like third place. We're like, wow, Sick. we got third place in our first ever competition. <laughs> we might be kind of good, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then I think I just kind of started to uh, dance within those realms, and then people when you go to those events, you meet people who dance in other places, and they're like. Hey, you should go audition for Culture Shock, and I'm like, what the heck is that? And they're like, they're this team that's sponsored by Nike. I'm like, what? Like, I'm down to be sponsored by Nike. Which Culture Shock is this? At, at the t- I believe Culture Shock L.A. At the what? time, I could be wrong. Maybe it was San Diego, but I, it, this was. 2001-ish when they were doing they were doing like a lot of Nike industrials and what they mean by sponsored was they would just get free Nike gear I still feel that that was like I would have hit the gold mine at that time yeah, if I was getting yeah. free Nike stuff yeah um, so anyway I found out about Culture Shock and then I went to Culture Shock San Diego's uh, I think it was, oh, yeah. The first one that I went to was Bust Groove before it was Body Rock. Whoa. And then I saw Culture Sock San Diego. They did their Asian medley. And then I saw freaking Chain Reaction, all these groups that were like from the Bay Area to Whoa. I saw kaba Modern. And I was just, my mind was blown because there was just this next level of dance that yeah. was not what I was doing. I was doing these like K pop. Like essentially doing K-pop dance covers because I was just we we're literally doing the choreography that these K-pop artists would
1: do. Yeah, like it's funny that we're still doing K-pops to this day. Yes, full circle. <laughs> yeah, full yeah. circle. Yeah, we we'll keep going.
2: And so yeah, you know, I found out that there was this community. I'm like, dude, I need to somehow get in, involved here. So, um, I through UCLA, I was doing this Korean Culture Night thing there. Some people that were from ACA hip hop came to a culture night and then they approached me afterwards like, yo man, that was so dope. They're like, hey, you ever heard of ACA? Like we have auditions, you should come and audition. So I was like, I'm down. So I went to an ACA audition. I danced with them for about a year. Whoa. And then um, through that, DVS was essentially the alumni team of ACA. So a bunch of people who had graduated college, moved on from ACA that wanted to still dance, uh-huh. um, but no longer had a, coll- a collegiate team to dance with. So a bunch of those guys from the crew called DVS. Whoa. So um, I also ended up dancing with DVS for a few years. Then I transferred to UC Irvine for college. And that was when, I, I mean, I had already known about Cabo Modern because I saw them at, at uh, Bust the Groove. Yeah. So I was like, dude, this is a school that Cabo Modern's from. So I need this goals. Like I need to get down with this team. And, and you're um, a legend in Cabo Modern. I don't know about that You're a legend Ben Chung um, Thank you, you If you say friend. so I will just say thank you yeah. and, and move on Yeah um, So when I found out about Kaba I auditioned um, This is 04 2004 Got on the team Danced with them for um, A little over a year I didn't, I didn't finish off my second year Because I had graduated by that time And then from there, uh, I mean, yeah. And then two thousand three was when Jabberwockies first stepped onto the scene, and I was at the choreographer showcase when they hit the stage for the first time ever. Yeah, Jabberwockies had never even been a thing before that, and I was like, dude, all right, this is weird. But and then I started watching it, and I just like started like getting sucked into this performance, and the audience was dead quiet. Yeah, and I was so confused I was like this is some of the craziest stuff I've ever seen and why is nobody cheering and so I was by myself like just losing my mind and people were looking at me like I was crazy and I'm just like are you guys not seeing this right now (laughs) and so um, you know after I graduated um, from college moved on from what did uh, you
1: graduate with sorry
2: uh i i graduated with a bachelor's in film studies that's randomly sick. and oddly enough that's cool at least you have something yeah yeah, oh, yeah i yeah. mean I, I love film i love movies and i thought that was kind of the career path and i did i did work in production for a few years right out of college i worked at mtv doing production stuff yeah but dance was still i still had the itch where i, I all i really cared about doing was dancing so yes. I decided to uh, quit my job at MTV after like two and a half years. Wait, what were you doing at MTV? I was doing, I was a PA. And a PA is essentially the bottom of the barrel. Dresnos. <laughs> The bottom of the barrel you just you're you're essentially a glorified errand boy <laughs> and you got to do a bunch of random stuff i mean no disrespect i mean you gotta you gotta start somewhere but i mean that's where you climb the ranks to you know understand what goes into a production um you know i worked on a lot of reality shows a bunch of those dating shows on MTV. like yeah. i worked on like a, a ton of those it's so funny
1: um, um Okay, so you're you're at uh, you're at MTV, and uh, I know you mentioned yeah. and my And my ears started to burn. Okay. So uh, I want to <laughs> yeah I want to talk to you about Jabulake's a little Let's talk bit about it because uh, I know it's like a really big part of your life. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. And um, I I feel like you know talking about like these things. I know like when people talk to me about poriotics, mm-hmm. like I, I get kind of like i have like all right, like I have to really think brace about brace yourself. brace myself for uh-huh. like what I'm gonna say, but um. Yeah, I want to just ask, uh, like, how how is it like, how was it being on it, and how did it like affect your life? Mm. Because I know something like that, being it your first crew, and like how it like kind of catapulted you in a career with what you're still doing now. Like that, those are things that really have a big impact on like who you are, or even why you choose to be a certain way, or think a certain way, or have a certain mentality. So uh, yeah, just kind of touch upon like your. Uh, your experience with that and mm-hmm. how it affected you as Ben Chung now.
2: Yeah. Um, huge part of my life. And again, I think I have to reference that 2003 performance because that was kind of a, a life-changing performance Yeah. that I wasn't even on stage for. I was in the audience. I was just watching. And and I I had this... It was just the light bulb that went off. I was just like this is going to change the face of dance, you know? And cause no one was doing that. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't the whole like, oh, I've never seen a crew dance with masks on before because people have done that before. But it was the, it was what was happening behind the mask and the choice of music to the The freedom. Yeah, the artistry was just something that I didn't really see before. But then it was like, For sure my cup of tea. Because it's very much on the team ISO tip. And I was just... I was team ISOing it up, man. I was yeah. I was riding that 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 train, you know what I mean? You have a team ISO passport. Hey, thank you. As as do you. You know? And you
1: got to ride together. Got to ride together. Got to ride together, ride together my some, friend. But
2: Sometimes you try to get work visas for, you know, Team Groove and
1: That's really how you get places, man. You yeah. got to get those work visas. Yeah. Man. Yeah. 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 I, but please continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, Mike's work visa right now off the chain. Dude, you got that he got that 10 year uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that 10 year China work visa. Yeah, for sure,
2: dude. It's yeah, crazy, but please. Um, yeah, so when I saw them, I was just like, "Dude!" Like, so I, I instantly became a fan, you know, and. And then you know through the scene, you you again through the dance community. The great thing is that we 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 share the same space in a lot of ways because we all end up going to the same competitions. Yeah. And the, the the events like everyone the same people go to them, so you'll meet people. And then I started to meet the guys individually from Jabberwakes, and I started you know befriended um, a good amount of them. And then um, K. B. Kevin Brewer, he. He ended up coming to take a class of mine that I taught Whoa. at Urban Effects, Studio Effects. I went out there to teach a class, and then KB just showed up, and I was shook. I was like, yo, what is KB doing in my class right now?
1: And shout-out Studio Effects, because Studio Effects is still
2: around. Yeah, shout-out Studio Effects, yeah. dude. Yeah, And, um, you know, he came out, and then I was just like, okay, I need to kill this class, because Kevin's here. <laughs> and um, after class, he came up to me, and he was like, yo, man, like... You know, first like thanks for class, blah blah blah. But he's like, yo, I'm starting, um, I'm starting my own. Um, squad, uh, it's called super galactic beat manipulators. I'm like, first of all, like I was just kind of starry eyed the whole time. I was like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's like, would <laughs> you be down? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, this is in San Diego. I lived in the Valley. This is like easily a two hour drive one way. But oh, I forget that you're OG SGBM. SGBM. Yeah. Damn it. Version one. Damn. Um, and so that was how I really started to be able to fellowship with, with KB and um and then you know through the course of that friendship you know and then interacting with a bunch of the other guys from the from jabberwockies uh in 2007 they asked me to join the crew and so um got battled in went through what like at the time i think i went like seven eight rounds Whoa. um shout out shout Whoa. out g1 gary kendall that was when he was still um alive god rest his soul god rest his um soul. But yeah, like that was the beginnings of me and Jabbawockeez. And this is before TV shows happened. Um, They were right about to do America's Got Talent season one. Uh And so I joined them like right before that happened. So we did AGT, got through like two rounds and then got kicked off. And we're like, screw reality TV. We're not doing this stuff no more. (laughs) And then ABDC rolls around and G's like, we got to do this show on MTV. Everyone's like, nah, we don't want to do TV because we got burned the last time. Yeah. And then um, you know, unfortunately G got really sick right before A B B C and he ended up passing away. Yeah. And uh his essentially his like kind of dying wish, his last wish was guys get on that show and win it and change the world. What? And so We were, yeah, out of, out of respect to our, our fallen homie, we're like, guys, we have to do this show regardless. Like it's not for us. This is what G wanted us to do. So let's just go do it. And then (laughs) fast forward, we won the show. And then that just started a whole whirlwind of it. We didn't, we had no idea whether the show was even a good idea yeah we had no idea whether people were even watching the show because yeah. it's the first season there's nothing to compare it to it's not like oh we're doing we're gonna go do this show that's been wildly popular for years a brand new show concept yeah. on MTV and the hotel that they had us sequestered in that we could not leave. We felt like we were locked in a prison. Yeah. We call it the Radisson Penitentiary. <laughs> 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 um, but the, it, the, we, the, the hotel didn't even carry MTV as a channel, so we weren't even able to see the show. Whoa. So in in our minds, we're like, we don't even know if this show's real. We don't even know if people are watching it. Yeah. And then you know, a few weeks in, you know, and then we were. And this is when cell. We that iPhone one had just come out at the time, so this is before smartphones were even a thing. So Damn. there wasn't an ability to check things online on our phones, and you know, with our limited communication that we'd have with the outside world, you know, my brother and my sister, you know, a
1: couple of weeks in, they're like, dude this show is the biggest thing right now. And I was like, what? Yeah. It like, was definitely a tipping point for like, yeah. the Asian community. And that was the thing.
2: We had no idea that it was going to be that. And we yeah. didn't go into it thinking like, we are going to put Asians on the map. You know, <laughs> like, we are just doing what we love to do, you know? Yeah. And then I think what, what it ended up being this cultural phenomenon, I think it was what was needed because it was so fresh And it, it, it kind of caught people off guard. Yeah. And, and then this whole dance crew thing was at least on, on, on a mass media level, there wasn't any, other, I mean, so you think you can dance has been on at the time yeah. for a while, but that those are like solo dancers and Wade Robson projects, solo dancers and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then like star search and stuff like that. But um, ABDC was for crews. And so I think there's this whole other interesting dynamic that was kind of being introduced. And then, you know, when we won that show, it just like catapulted us into um, opportunities that we could only dream of, you know. From what
1: are uh, what are some uh, like big, big mo- major moments? Because I know, like after that, like especially you, you guys are like the first one, you know, off of ABDC. You just won this this first time show, and that is always going to be the crazy experience. I, I've heard stories of like uh, when I was on the show. And they would tell stories about Jabberwockies, and it was always like these myths and legends that were just like, what? Are we an urban legend? Yeah, you guys we're are the urban, urban legend, legend of ABDC. <laughs> but uh, can you like name some like uh, I don't know? I wouldn't say life changing, but just like some uh, really cool memories that are etched in your mind, dude. There's so many. Um, yeah,
2: you know, just because this is the first thing that popped in my head. Um, when we got to perform with Shaq, oh, perform with Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> yeah. for the NBA All Star Game, yeah, that became the talk of the town forever. But yeah. and it was the first time that we entered the world of sports. Whoa. And so I remember going to this barbershop shop in Boston and um it was it was like kind of tucked away in like this random part of town yeah and we walked in and part of town was kind of sketchy we're like i don't know if we should be here right now but we all need haircuts so let's go in (laughs) and then you know we sat down getting our haircuts and then they're like oh what do y'all do you know you guys are a crew and like yeah like oh we dance like oh do you guys like the jabberwockies and we're like Actually, yeah. They're like, what? <laughs> Y'all dance with Shaq? <laughs>
0: we're like,
2: oh, <laughs> You're like, yeah. Yeah. And then immediately, everybody was just our best friends, and we we got that kind of reaction a lot, you know. Yeah. And um, I think that was like the biggest sort of crossover sort of thing that we did, yeah. entering a new, uh, you know, demographic and, and a new audience, basically the sports world. Yeah. And but not not just the exposure side of it, but the interaction with Shaq was so dope man we walked into the locker room and we thought that we would have to really just like figure it out for him and coach him Uh he's like yo Jabawakis what's up all right so here's what we're gonna do you guys gonna gather around me like this you guys gonna like pump me up I'm gonna like Swing this way, I'm gonna knock you guys down. I'm gonna kick this way, I'm gonna knock you guys down, and that's what we're gonna do.
1: Oh, that's all right. I guess it's already choreographed. He's a choreographer. Shaq is a choreographer. Shaq choreographed us, dude. It was wild. (laughs) (laughs) It was,
0: and um,
2: oh, and the funny thing was while we were still on the show. So this is before we even won. Yeah. Uh, I forgot how we saw it, but there was a video of Shaq and his kid Whoa. with a mask on, just dancing like, just you know, team ISOing it up. And that video went somewhat viral, and we caught, we saw it, and we're like, "Yo, that's Shaq like, dancing like us!" And you know, we're geeking out because. Again, we don't know what this show even is. Like how does he even know who we are? Like, yeah. you
1: know what I mean? Like there was this this whole thing of like, man, I don't know what's going on right now. And then that, that reminds me of a story that you told me. You told me you told me once that you went to give a private to a very Famous uh <laughs> famous movie actor. Uh what was what was his name, Ben? What was his name? His name was Jaden Smith. Oh my god. Jaden Smith. You, yeah. That you? that was crazy
2: too because you know again, after we won the show, we got, you know, invitations to all sorts of crazy. We did like the MTV movie awards where we came Damn. out of the ceiling for the Pussycat dolls performance. Wait,
0: what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs>
2: I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. No way. way. And then yeah, we like came down on these harnesses like through the from the the rafters. What? During their performance, dude, that was crazy because we were literally dangling from one arm for like five minutes. But I thought my shoulder was gonna pop out.
1: What? Um, That is the coolest thing you've ever told me. Please continue. (laughs)
2: Damn, that's so awesome. And then but we and then we got invited to the Nickelodeon uh, Kids Choice Awards, Uh where this is where I don't know if you remember, but there was like an ACDC. Yes. Versus like a uh, Hannah Montana, yes. oh, Miley, Cyrus, Miley was it? Cyrus, Yeah. yes, and then, yeah, we did that, <laughs> and then, uh, so we performed, we were on the ACDC squad, and then, um, we, we were rocking the, the orange carpet, and then, uh, Will Smith and Jaden come up to us, they come up to us, they're like, Yo, the Jabberwockies, and we're like, <clears throat> It's the Fresh Prince. And then uh, he's like, man, we voted for you guys. You guys are dope. And then he's like, yeah, Yeah. my son's a big fan. And then Jaden was just like, you know, he was getting down a little bit. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, man, like, you know, love to like stay connected. And, you know, I had a card at the time I gave him my card. Yeah. Didn't think anything of it. And like a couple weeks later, get a phone call from, uh, Jaden uh, Smith's manager or somebody who like his caretaker. It's like, uh-huh. yeah, Jaden would like to take some dance lessons from you. I was like, what? <laughs> and so it was You're his wild. dance Jackie Chan. That was right before he <laughs> did Karate Kid. Funnily enough, because yeah, our our lessons stopped when he left
1: to China to go film Karate Kid. What? Which is yeah, That's funny, freaking so, epic. Yeah. All right. Those those that's cool. That's cool. I I I've, I've learned, you know, oh, Charlie, I I, I got my fill when you said that you came out of a ceiling for a pussycat doll. Yeah. Yeah. That was freaking awesome. The glory days. All right, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to shift gears here and I'm going to uh, just talk about your fashion, right? Going <laughs> to talk about your fashion because I don't know if you know, but Ben Ben is a big part of kinesthetic uh, he's also a big part in, as our like, costume designer or like, you know, what we wear and when, when we perform. And I've always noticed those things and it's always fascinated me. And I just wanted to kind of pick your brain or get to know, get to know behind the scenes thoughts of like how that came to be. Like, where did you get your swag? Also, this could be help out a lot of people that are looking for swag. I must say, I used to be that person that did not have any swag. Until Kinjas, and then I found my swag. So <laughs> let's just be really thoughtful here of the viewers that are listening that don't have swag, and it's okay if you don't have swag so that you might swag. that you might give them some like really good information right now. Wow. That's
2: a lot of that's a lot of whole lot of compliments coming from your side Charlie.
1: Hey man, you know, um, I
2: got to give my give props where it's due. Hey, um you know? uh, I'm just again going to say thank you and and move on. Um man, that that concept of swag or style I think is a um it's a funny it's a funny topic because I don't think there's a way that someone can direct somebody. Yeah of here's how you find your style. Cause that means I'm telling you what you should be, which is not you, it's me telling you. And I think you only know your style when you decide it's your style. And it's something that um, you gotta feel good. I think the the concept of style is not clothes. It's not um, colors. Yeah, it's nothing really... Sure, there's there's elements to fashion that you can put things together in such a way where things work. Yeah. But you can put clothes on someone... You can put the best clothes on the wrong person and it'll look really awkward. And you can put the most basic clothes on somebody who just is very comfortable in their own skin. And for some reason, they'll sell it to you of like, dang, white t-shirt and blue jeans... I think I need more of those. Whoa. That's like so basic though, right? Yeah. And so I think the most important thing with style is it has to feel good to you and the things that naturally you like. And I think that's why following trends is not the best way to be up on your style game. You could be on your fashion game if you fall in trends because... Literally, trends, fashion is—they're just the the articles of clothing. It's yeah. like, okay, these gigantic hoodies are popular, so if I get this gigantic hoodie, I guess I'm up on the trend. Doesn't make you stylish. Yeah. All you're doing is buying what Instagram is telling you to buy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I look at things where I could I could understand a certain whether it's a brand or it's a certain type of clothing that is really popular. Yeah. I could be like, it's not for me. Like, I don't, I wouldn't wear that because I don't, I don't think I would feel good wearing that. You know what I mean? And so I think when it comes to, um, again, going back to the, the question of style, I mean, you, you did ask about fashion, but I think with the style side, it's just like how you identify with like a team ISO or a team groove, right? Sometimes uh-huh. you just like, I don't know, man, something about team ISO just feels
1: right. Yeah, You know
2: what I mean? And then yeah. it doesn't mean that you can't dabble with team groove. Like, yeah, you want to learn things. And so even when it comes to understanding trends and fashions, I think once you get kind of interested in the whole... Um, world of of style or fashion yeah you naturally start to research and look at things and follow things and then experiment with things and put things together and and i think for me i'm i'm influenced a lot by all the things that i like culturally and uh, so like that makes sense um i grew up listening to hip-hop and i love hip-hop music i love the culture so a lot of what i gravitate towards even fashion-wise are maybe articles of clothing that kind of are culturally more uh found in that genre Uh, but then like i also really love skateboarding because i grew up as a skater you know uh, and there's fashions and trends that skaters kind of like gravitate towards and then i also like being comfortable you know what i mean so then like things that you know loose fitting clothes the things that stretch to you know um Like I might wear a leather jacket with track pants because these pants are really comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Uh, And then, but then people look at that and be like, oh, that normally shouldn't work, but somehow it does. Damn those people. But it's, it's, (laughs) again, I think it's because, and like, this is not trying to like toot my horn about anything. It's just like, I, I just know what I like Mm -hmm. and no one's going to convince me of what I should like. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the 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 most important um, ingredient to understanding swag. I'm using air quotes. Swag. Swag. Uh schwag. swag. Um, swag. Like you again, if you try to be it, yeah, you're probably not gonna achieve it because you're it's manufactured at that point. Yes. If you are yourself and you feel good and comfortable in whatever you're wearing or whatever you're doing that's your style that's your swag so i would say key into that what are what's what is your taste bud like what are you naturally into and then explore that and and there's experimentation that comes with that stuff too so yeah yeah, so I'm like really into dresses, so I'm just gonna really get into dresses, bro. Hey, man, as much as you want to like joke about that, once upon a time there was a dude named KJ Gonzalez, and uh, not once upon a time, he still exists. Shout out, KJ. <laughs> shout out, KJ, love you, bro. Shout out, KJ, but dude, this guy was rocking kilts, oh, yeah, on stage. Another urban legend right here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. KJ is very much an urban legend and yeah. he's very much real. Yeah, People would look at me like, is that guy wearing like a skirt? And he's like, why is he always doing that in yeah. every performance? And then it just became this like, that's kind of tight. Cause I think like, I can't do that, but he yeah. can. Yeah, And it's dope. And why? Because that was just him. He was a freaking Same. rock star, man. And he was able to just be that and... It was not this forced thing, and you—you, you, it's almost like when you're so real, yeah, you become undeniable, so no one can question you. Okay, and then it's just like fudge, all right. And then like, honestly, it's—I'm not—I'm not saying that. I don't know what came first, but then I started seeing people like Kanye rocking kilts over jeans and stuff like that, like years later. I'm like, bro, I saw KJ do that like hell a long time ago. <laughs> so I
0: don't know, man. They've collaborated with some of the biggest brands in sports, music, comic book, car culture, and pop culture. We've actually had the pleasure of collaborating with them on a timepiece a few years back. I rock their Ambassador Watch. This one's my everyday watch, this one's my favorite. They are for our culture and for those that are on a constant mission to master their craft. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and pop in the discount code KINGESPOD to receive 25% off your entire purchase at checkout. And this discount is exclusive to the KINGES podcast. You won't find this discount anywhere. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and rock with the illest. This show is officially brought to you by Kinesthetic. Hop on the com and plug in the promo code podcast spelled with the k at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. We're always trying to bring you
2: guys the illest gear for all your movement in the shadows needs. Follow us on Instagram at kin.aesthetic, like us on Facebook at Kin Aesthetic Brand.
1: Dude, you're you're that's you know, that's what I'm saying. You're a guru, man. You're a guru, dude. <laughs> you're a guru and you should be proud of it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ship, but I'm 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 glad to have reached that side. I'm also gonna give you a mental break from all the questions, real quick, and just to let mm. you kind of just sit in this, sit in this right now. We're in the thick of it right now. All right. You know, we're in the thick of it and having a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm learning a lot of things. Uh, I will say yet again that you coming out from the ceiling <laughs> during a pussycat dolls performance <laughs> is honestly the best thing that I've heard all yeah, we'll day. Yeah, have to pull that clip. Um. Alright, I'm going to go more uh, Kinja's realm mm-hmm. You know, you do a lot for Kinja's uh, e- Either it be like Branding and like business Or even being the voice of it um, I just want to like Kind of pick your brain as to uh, I think the question The big question that I have is For other people that kind of in- aspire To be that kind of social person In those settings, to be like a brand building Person, to be an influential Person in that realm and I, I see you in those settings and I always, every time like we're at a thing together and someone asked me like, so like, so is Kinja's like into this or that? I'm like, oh yeah, you can talk to my friend Ben over here. <laughs> uh, ben is going to help you out way more than I'm going to help you. I'm just going to make you laugh. Uh, but yeah, I want to I wanna touch base on that a little bit because uh, it's not only that you're like an amazing dancer uh, in Kinja's but i think it's also that you have this other capability to uh reach people of influence just like with this podcast to talk to them on a very uh humanly level and to uh make collaborations happen in that in that sense because you can level with them or you can talk about like the sincerity and the intention behind our brand so i think uh yeah can you just touch upon upon that please yeah again thank you charlie
2: um you know, I think that side, um, also it, it stems from kind of even going off that whole question or topic of style and, uh, fashion. Like essentially if you know who you are and authentically know who you are, yeah, you take that into every room that you go to, you know? So you can apply who you are to fashion. You can apply who you are to social settings, um you can apply who you are to your dance style all of it right like yeah um and for me i think i i i I have to take it back because i wasn't always social i was actually very shy as a kid growing up i was very much an introvert and um being around people made me nervous you know and i i think dance actually helped me break out of my shell a lot because especially dancing on community teams where you're dancing with like 25 other people boys and girls boys and girls you know you are forced to be around people a lot you know and um and sure dance also helps build confidence you know what i'm saying getting on stage performing and then getting props getting love you're like oh shoot like this feels good you know I kind of put a little pep in your step right (laughs) um but i think you know with being able to talk i think well one i i I can't um credit that to myself you know what i mean i think i genuinely feel that god has gifted me with the ability to connect with people yeah and that's not just like oh i've been working on it for years i'm like honestly I haven't been, you know, or maybe I have, you know, since, you know being in the dance community in this scene and kind of doing what we do now for a long time now. Yeah. But I think it's I genuinely care about people and I love I'm a curious person. Yeah. And I think my genuine curiosity, I ask a lot of questions. Yep. Because I really wanna know. Mm-hmm. And as I ask a lot of questions, I get all kinds of answers and then I learn from those answers. And then so I think I've been able to kind of just through experience and through all the various places I've been, people I, I've met, um, knowing that everybody is a human being, you yeah. know, and just because some person has achieved this or has done that doesn't make them any more superior than anyone else. And um, I, I don't know, I kind of have this ability to kind of humanize everyone versus oh my gosh it's this person like i don't know what to do or say except like will smith i totally i think i've freaking <laughs> starstruck
1: and i yeah. froze up when i met him but i think what you're saying right now is a very true strength it's very true strength, and I didn't have that for sure. Mm-hmm. Just, just to kind of note off of that, like I, when I joined kinjas it took me a long time to get comfortable around everybody, just because, you know, like I just of all the things that I know you guys have been in are a part of. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to get comfortable and like see you guys as uh humans, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's a big thing for a lot of people to kind of recognize is that uh, you have to see people in in their humanness and not in like what they're doing or how they're influencing the world and whatnot. Um, But I think, uh, I know we're like, I'm like jumping around, but Sounds I think good. there is one thing that you said, uh, and I know that's, that's very close to you and is a big reason to why you do things. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, your your it's God, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just want to hear from you, like, uh, your relationship with God. Cause I know even though, like, even when we have like our, uh, prayer circles mm-hmm. and you always lead us in prayers, all your prayers are always so intentional, you know? And, uh. And I'm not like super religious, mm-hmm. but I still find uh, find those moments very uh, captivating and very like Word. inspiring. Yeah. And I just want to just kind of hear from you a little bit, just in case like people want to hear that side from you and like how like that has pushed you to become who you are today as well. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, again, I think that comes back to the identity question. Yeah. Um, that is who I am. Like to the core of who I am. That's how I define myself. Though I. I vocationally dance. That's what I do for a living. And I'll even say I'm passionate about it. Yeah. Um, I can't say that defines me though, because to the core of my heart, I wouldn't say I am a dancer. Yeah. You know, I I genuinely believe that I'm a child of God, you know, and, and I didn't do that for myself. You know, I, um, I've, am blessed and grateful that i feel like god found me you know so i think with that um that everything that i do stems from that and i guess when you have something that was given to you it it's almost impossible for you to um be arrogant or cocky about it you can only be arrogant or cocky about something that you've done for yourself yeah. right like i built this or i'm this strong because i work out this much you know what i'm saying yeah, like yeah. it's just like i didn't do this so i'm just grateful to be here i'm just trying to do my best and trying to fulfill whatever um my purpose is and i think that pr- the question of purpose is um things like this this podcast has been helping me unlock and find and discover purpose um and and even with dancing like why did god give me the ability to dance to to allow me to step on some of the largest stages um in the world and be a part of the most some of the most prestigious you know dance crews organizations events all these things and meet these types of people know these people i'm like what's that all for it's not to like just be Famous? That what's the point of that? You know what I mean? And so, I I think it's been like it's to reach people in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And as much as I love dance, I, in so many ways, love connecting with people more. And I think dance has allowed me and afforded me the opportunities to connect with people. Therefore, I think I love it even more because of that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, man. I mean, going back to my faith, it's it's. It's ingrained into my DNA of everything that I do. And um, I don't think I it, it has to be uh, broadcasted every time of like, oh I'm a Christian yeah. but I mean like that's where I carry that into every room that I go into also. You know yeah, what I mean? But I
1: think that's a powerful side, you know. And I think uh, the people that uh, don't know you very well they uh, think this very significant key thing will show a lot about why, why you do things. Mm. But I'm, I'm very happy you shared that. I' yeah. am um, also I'm gonna jump around a little bit also. to jump keep jumping. Uh, I know uh, you are also a choreographer, my friend. Mm. You are a choreographer and you've been doing it for how long now? Shoot. I think the first routine I ever choreographed
2: was for DVS. So I'm gonna say 2002,
1: One, two, Whoa. right around there. Yo, you're coming up to almost like twenty years. Freak. Dude. But I I, I bring this up because uh I, I want to hear about um your process as mm. well. Uh as being someone that has done it for a long time. And um yeah, I wanna let's Let's see. I want to hear your answer for that yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, choreography has been a journey for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, from, to be totally honest, when I first started making up choreography, it was yeah. literally me regurgitating all the other moves that I've learned from other people. Yes. And just slapping them together in my own way. Yes. And then I didn't find anything wrong with that because no one ever told me until I started to be like hey, that's not being original at all. There's no artistry in that at all, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, okay, you're, you know, you, everybody starts somewhere, you know? Yeah, you, yeah. you you start by imitating and then you start to learn how to innovate for yourself. Um, choreography has never been an easy thing for me. Like, you know how those people that like go into the studio, like bang out two hours and come out with the freaking whole routine? Keone. Yeah. That's not me at all. Yeah. I've never been able to do that. Yes. You know? And... Um, Sure, you know, once I started uh I, when when I got a regular teaching slot at uh Debbie Reynolds um Whoa. back in back in the day. This is like in 2005-6.
1: Whoa. Um yo, that is a that is a, right there like a freaking uh something to remember cuz yeah. that that is a prestigious spot to hold. It's a legendary studio, man. Yeah, straight up. Unfortunately, not there anymore. Yeah.
2: But you know, I had a regular slot. So again, just like what you're talking about, Chase having to like crank out a routine, a new routine every week. Yeah. Um, I had that pressure, and so they, there was. Um, in terms of speed, there was quickness because I had to. Yeah. Not to say that all of that stuff was like these banger routines. Sometimes it was just, you know, just something to learn or teach in class. Yeah. And, but I think that's also, I that became a tool, like kind of uh, the ability, you were mentioning one time where you're talking about, what's it for? So yeah. based off of what it's for, you'll go into it with an intention, you'll put extra thought into it or yeah. not as much serious thought, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think there was, that taught me like, oh, I do have the ability to make something fast. yeah um, So it's not like uh, the inability is because I just can't, period. It's just like when you want it for, when you want it to be for something, um, whether it's for stage to perform or if it's for a video. Or, a certain way to think yeah, about it. Yeah, and then you take more time with it. And so, yeah, I think. In the early years when I discovered choreography, I loved it. You know, I loved just like I want to just create all the time. Yeah. And then um, and then there was kind of a shift where during my time running with the um, my personal choreography wasn't happening as much because I think by nature we were more in dancing and performing and putting on shows versus which is equally as incredible yeah yeah that's that's a whole other skill yeah um but i think the side of me because again um everything's a a, is a a muscle you know like the choreography muscle needs to be exercised for it to be at optimal condition yeah freestyle is the same thing performing is the same thing you know and so i think i was exercising the performance muscle and the freestyling muscle wasn't really exercising the choreography muscle because we were like kind of like doing a lot of the same performances a lot yeah and and you know within jabberwockies i mean there's people who are really really good at you know choreography so it's like cool we'll like kind of just learn from you and make another dope show and we'll just yeah. keep doing that. And so, I mean, I didn't realize it at that time, but because I hadn't exercised that choreography muscle in such a long time. Yeah. And there was a couple times where I was able, I had some opportunities to teach while we we're doing the Vegas show. Yeah. Um, but then when I moved back from Vegas to LA and I was kind of starting all over out here and I was like, dang man, maybe I need to get on my teaching hustle. I was like, that means I need to start choreographing again. And, That to find my legs to choreograph again was really hard because I think by the time I came back, this is 2014. Yeah, yeah. I felt like the level of talent was just through the roof and like people were doing things. I'm like, why the frick is everybody moving so fast? (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm over here doing these like slow mo (laughs) isos. You know what I mean? And just, I was just like, whoa. So I felt very intimidated to step into this realm. And then, um, you know through the help of good friends you know like shout out mike and aunt like i had a lot of just sessions with them at bangoria where it's just forget like even wanting to uh choreograph like it's just freestyle yeah and when you freestyle hey let's make up something and then it's just it became so it was treated like this yeah let's just do this you know and then i'm like oh So it could be that chill, you know, and then like, yeah, we don't have to use it for anything. Maybe if we like it, we'll do it, but if not, whatever, you know, it's like, oh, so it doesn't, I I don't have to put so much pressure on myself. And then that kind of allowed me to be like, okay, let me ease back into it. And then also it was this reminder of like, hey, you don't need to step into this space and do what everyone else is doing because that's not you do what you do you know and if you if you are influenced by some of that stuff and you're able to kind of internalize it and and, you know your output makes it look this way then so be it then that's you're gonna be a product of your environment in terms of what you're influenced by but what made ben chung ben chung was ben chung it wasn't because you were doing everything else that everyone else was doing i was just like thanks for reminding me you know so Yeah, I think now um, creating is, it's it's kind of more sporadic. Yeah. And and uh, I still, you know, I still choreograph and I still, um, you know, try to express artistry in that way. But I like the fact that there is no pressure. Yes. Like where like my livelihood must depend on teaching. Yeah. Um, and that, that helps me enjoy the process more when I could step into it when like there's a song that's like yo i gotta move to this i want to make something to this then you know i can get hype versus just like oh i gotta teach my class now like i gotta find something but then that also is again that's another way to work out
1: yeah it's a good training but i i I definitely hear you and i i want to encourage you to make more uh pieces because i feel like uh as a person that has lived through so much of like our history and community uh and so it's just so much knowledge of uh different types of things that I feel like your movement is not uh is definitely something that needs to be shared you know continually in, in disregard to like maybe uh how how it's been in your past you know what i mean and i and i, I really i really want to challenge you and encourage you to continue to create more because dude you're fucking dope man you're thanks slick. man yeah i, I mean, said what? the f word too i don't give a i don't give a sh- <laughs> i don't give a shite you know what i mean i'm a shite but yeah man like yeah i uh yeah i love your stuff yeah man. that means a lot man and and you know I'm just gonna um, after hours. Come on, dude! Time traveling, Ben Chung, man. (laughs) Trying to, you know, B Tech, B Tech, the time traveler. As the time exploring, Kinja. Yeah, dude. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, like, but even just um to be transparent and even vulnerable. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm 38 years old, man. You know what I mean? I've been dancing for. You look 16. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but with that, you know. The age thing has... It always is this thing that makes you second guess. Yeah. Not because... Anything physically is wrong, or I can't do anything physically that I was able to do before. Yeah. It's all in my head, yeah. and it's because you know you look at athletes that oh once they hit their whatever thirty-five, it's like oh retirement's like right on right around the corner. That's when everyone starts. So then you just start looking at what people typically do at a yeah. certain age. I don't. To be honest, I don't know of anyone within my close circle that's of my age that's still dancing full time on right. a professional level.
1: I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, interject and, and leave you with this. I learned this from my book. Is uh, all all of these? Uh, I wouldn't say these these kind of restrictions that we have about like say age or things like mm-hmm. that. Like these are all just words. Yeah. They're just words, mm-hmm. you know, they're all, it's, it's all just words and, and our true, uh, potential can only be linked to our destiny. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, uh, for you particularly, yours is a different journey than most, I you know, mm-hmm. and I think, uh, yeah, and, like, NBA and stuff, like, it's always talked about, like, the, the, the saying is once you reach past this thing, you're, like, a certain, you know, you're mm-hmm. overdue. But I, I truly think in terms of, like, artistry and, like, in dance and, like, movement, that uh, what we do is, yes, both physical, so there is a timetable, but what makes us different is that it's, like, artistic. It's, like, uh, painters. And, you know, like, the dopest painters, like, freaking uh, Da Vinci you know, is like an old, old dude. Mm-hmm. You know, just still painting. But mm-hmm. and I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not trying to say that you're uh, you're wrong, but I'm just trying to like encourage you to like just keep doing it because I yeah. love your stuff yeah. so much. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. yeah
2: and I think um, because because I agree, I believe yeah, that too. Yeah. I think um, you know the concept of limiting beliefs. Yeah, you're only limited by your own beliefs. You know what I mean? Or you can be as limitless as you believe too. So I think, um, you know, obviously there's the the disciplines that you're actually doing to be able to Execute so yes. you know, physically, I gotta be healthy, and I think that's why I do take
1: things like health and fitness. And, um, you sure do, man. I uh, you're an, also an inspiration to me on getting fit too, so I just want to throw that in there as well. Word, appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. And you know, I think nowadays, I think, um,
2: the, the physical fitness side of things has been with me for quite some time, yeah, but the mental fitness game. Has been something as of recent years, and be and you know when anything's new, you're not gonna be, um, it's not gonna be second nature to you. So you gotta no. just train yourself to be like, yo, you gotta be in learning mode. Yeah. Um, and I think you know podcasts, to you know recently books and you know aud- audio books, like just I'm I feel like there's so much knowledge out there, and there's so much to to learn how to train your mentality yeah when your are ment- when your mental game is healthy that meets your physical game to also be healthy man that that's that's pretty powerful man you're you're in some ways unstoppable if you if you have your mental and your physical um game up you know body I mean? mind and soul body mind and soul body mind and soul and, and that coming back to the identity side when you yeah. ask me about god that's yeah. like my spirit is there you know 100%. so I think trying to uh, keep all of those things healthy, um, which comes with discipline and habits, you know? And then when yeah. you when those things are just second nature, you're doing things and you're performing at a level that you're not really even aware of because you're used to it by now, you yeah. know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, man, I think that's, you know, where I'm at with, uh, with dance in general, but especially with choreography, like, um, it, uh, words like that really do motivate me and then um as you know as we all are we we're, we're surrounded by a bunch of other brothers and kinjas who are running yep. so you don't want to be the dude who's chilling yep. while everyone's running Sprinting. right yeah, yeah, yeah so um and I, I
1: say that all out of love yeah I, I, no i know
2: I, and i receive it in i that. say
1: yeah. it i say it uh with the with the the spirit of uh uh all your uh, adhering fans that are like listening right now and they just want to see more of your stuff you know as I am you know appreciate and, that uh, man yeah but uh, let's kind of move on here uh, I'm going to start asking some questions that are uh, they vary in uh, uh, you know different things but uh, in, in uh, let me ask you this uh, to an inspiring dancer who's, who's wanting to make it in our industry like what is a small piece of advice that you would give them um,
2: get your disciplines down. Um, ask somebody, follow, shadow somebody, be mentored by somebody who does that. So it, it, whether it be to be a professional dancer or to be a cook or freaking just be buff, like, I don't know, find somebody who does that thing well, and try to tap into everything that they can give you. So for dancing. Um, yeah find somebody who does dance professionally or a mentor yeah follow what they do like the the disciplines that they um implement the classes that they take the the way that they train yeah um you know the the mentality that they have you know just it it, they say that success leaves clues you know so if 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 you find somebody who's successful chances are if you follow what they do, you'll gain at least some of that success, if not all, you know, so um, yeah, just get with somebody who um, you admire that does something well not to say to copy them yeah um, but also do it tactfully yes do it respectfully yes do it honestly you know so um the best way to do it is like approach somebody let somebody know like hey man or hey girl <laughs> like <laughs> i dig what you do you or inspire man, me yeah um and like would you be down to grab a cup of coffee i'd love to ask you some questions or like i don't know you can even formally ask like would you be down and be my mentor you know and yeah. and the best the best thing about what we do is the ability to pass on knowledge you know what i mean i think even within the the hip hop culture the concept of each one teach one is is the way that we keep this thing growing you know otherwise it just dies with the generation if we don't teach the next generation so you know, I think what Kinjas does that we value, why we have a dojo, why we have a podcast is is the desire to download the information to the next generations, um, even to each other, to our peers, mm-hmm. so that we can expand and grow because we're not here to hoard everything to ourselves. Not at all. You know, we want to share and we want this thing to grow and be, to live on years after we're gone. So, yeah, aspiring dancer, follow somebody, ask them to mentor you, do what they do,
1: bada bing, bada boom. All right, we're going to enter a quick lightning round here. Boom, boom, boom. All right, so uh, my first one is uh, uh, two words to describe how is it being on the first ABDC and the last ABDC. (laughs) Two words. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's not lightning up man. Out of all the lightning rounds I've done, I suck. No, you don't suck, man. It's just it's just a really funny thing. <laughs> How ironic. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, what what is your definition of success?
2: My definition of success is knowing what your purpose is. And leaning into that. Wow.
1: Yeah. Whoa. Very good. Uh, if you could tell uh, your younger self anything, uh, what would it be? You're like in a portal. He's like at the park shooting some hoops, listening to your favorite hip hop uh, rappers, mm-hmm. MCs. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you mm-hmm. peek through a portal. Mm-hmm. Blam. And Blam. he sees you. And then you got you have like 10 seconds. 10 what do you seconds. tell him? You're right
2: on time. Well, I'm gonna cry. (laughs) (laughs) What I mean by that, it's possible to be late to things. I'm late a lot, I'm trying to change that. Uh, But I mean, you're right on time in terms of where your life stage is, is there for a very specific reason. Don't try to change it. Learn from it, take your time, be patient, so life stages will happen as they're supposed to so you're
1: right on time beautiful uh we're gonna say uh, less of more of what would you want to see less of and what would you want to see more of i would like to see
2: less comparison
1: nice um more empathy beautiful um, I want you to name three movies from Keanu Reeves, Tom Hanks, and Seth Rogen. Three movies each. Three let's, movies? Let's start with <laughs> Seth Rogen. Three movies. The timer, I'm, I'm setting a timer right now and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm really gonna time this right now. All right, ready? Here we go. We're gonna start with Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen, three, three movies. The Green Hornet, The Interview. 40 year old virgin Keanu Reeves, point break John
2: Wick, uh, the replacements Tom Hanks, Sleepless
1: in Seattle, you've got mail and big. Oh man, 15 seconds sick, sick. to name nine movies from different <laughs> actors bachelor's in film studies ladies and gentlemen it just means
2: i worked at blockbuster video (laughs) at high school and i just looked at a ton of video
1: covers as i was putting them away yo that yo i wish i did that i worked at Naskin robbins it it worked out in this game that's when i when i got fat um (laughs) very last question of the evening uh is what is your golden rule man my golden rule um
2: this it, i guess it stems from the advice that i would give to myself is um live by your purpose and um finding purpose is it takes time so um take time to really ask yourself um the hard questions because i think when you ask yourself those hard questions the re- the reason why they have to be hard is because i think when you're uncomfortable yes some of the the most powerful things come out of the times that you are most uncomfortable yep. because it 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 forces you to be at a heightened state you know when you're comfortable by nature you're relaxed so you're just like not really you're kind of you're kind of cruising you're on autopilot but when you're yeah. uncomfortable your senses are alert and there is this sense of like, I must figure this out or there are consequences. Yep. Um, so not to say to put yourself in danger on purpose, but then um, I think when you ask yourself the questions like, what am I really here for? And like, what do I really believe? Why am I really doing this? What do I expect to get out of this? Um, when you ask yourself that and you're honest with yourself and be patient too, you don't have to figure it out the second you ask yourself it. Like you're gonna probably sit with those questions Maybe for a lifetime but I think when you do it enough and you purposefully um, take time for yourself and I think you know for me my I've learned that my morning is very important to me yeah um, not to say that I am a morning person I'm I, I don't wake up at 5 a.m. every day. I would love to. I I aspire to. But like the first few hours of my day are very important because that sets the tone for the rest of my day for whatever can happen to me that day. Because you can't control what happens to you as soon as you step outside that door. But you can control how you react to those things. And so again, I think through those times, those quiet times with yourself, whether that's prayer, whether that's meditation, whether that's reading, whatever it is, um, a lot of those times you'll be able to um if you're if you have anxiety if you're stressed out those those things are going to come out during those times you yes. know in your quiet moments so my quiet moments i think i've really made um habit of um doing inventory checks with myself a lot so i'll know what my insecurities are and i'll know what i'm actually feeling confident about or what i'm what i feel strong in so um my golden rule i would say is um live your purpose um take your time to figure it out because uh you can't rush it um so yeah like you're 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 always on time in terms of where your life stage is at um but once you find that purpose like live it lean into
1: it operate from that place wow well well there you have it guys i made ben chung cry uh, he definitely My cried in this one crying. He cried. My um, but dying. yeah, thank you for giving me this opportunity to, uh, get to know you on this level. Uh, you know, I had a lot of fun, but I just want to, yeah, kind of really, uh, sulk in the moment of, uh, you having done your interview because <laughs> you are, uh, so rich in, uh, knowledge and history and wisdom, uh, in in movement in advice uh, and and I think for our listeners that get to hear you on a daily basis plus sixty episodes now of uh, you really directing conversations I really hope that they they get their uh their golden their golden egg. From this, and they really get to know you in a deeper level so that when they see you in person, they'll like say, Hey, you're Ben Chung, B Tech Ben Chung. They'll they'll hug you, kiss you on the cheek. Hopefully, she's a beautiful woman <laughs> that is single, Christian, and that is like, Wow, you guys are like so compatible. And then you guys are gonna get married and have children. And you guys are gonna that kid's gonna be having his own podcast, and that wow is where. And that's where the cookie crumbles, man. And I, I just want to thank you for giving us all that, uh, all, all that good, sto- all those good stories. And, and yeah, we, we're, uh, I know as much as I am a person here, but someone who's listening to this is, is truly grateful for this uh, moment in time to, to hear your thoughts and uh, to get inside the brain, you know, so. And I appreciate you, this
2: very much, Charlie. And one you're a great interviewer my friend you know and um i had a lot of fun and uh also challenged you know it's so funny i was the whole time as as you were asking me these questions that i ask everyone yeah you would think that i would have my own like already figured out yeah no i just have to figure it out right now so i I get what it's (laughs) like being on the other side of it so everyone that's been on the other side props you guys and and appreciate it (laughs) yeah you guys are you guys are awesome but um yeah, this is really fun. Yeah, this is fun. It, yeah,
1: super fun. So, to all you guys listening out there, uh, you know, just make sure that you uh, look out for the next episodes that are coming out. I'm not going to drop names because we don't do that here. Uh, uh, but, you know, I have, dro- I have dropped the Jabberwocky name in, in Vegas to get into a club a few times. Nice. Uh, but we'll leave that to another story. But, yeah, subscribe. Uh, write a review, uh, rate us five stars, because if you rate us less, then, I mean, why are you even here, right? I didn't mean that to offend you, but just give us five, and we'll give you five back. Five, we got five on it. All right, well, this is uh, Charlie from the Kinjas, uh, signing off with the man, the myth, the urban legend, Benjamin Batek? Is it Batek? Or do you say B-tech? Is it Batek? It's normally B-tech, but I mean, oh, yeah. you know. Okay, you he says Batek Chung, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Applause, please. Thank you.
0: <laughs> so good.
1: Yeah, man, I really had to bring myself there. Are we done? I don't know. I don't know how this is where I thought that I, hey, I tried my best you're the to host, off. man
2: you gotta you gotta figure out how to button this thing up man oh is there
1: a, is there a button you press like, I don't know is this like Korean barbecue or you just press I don't know. you maybe turn off the switch on the microphone or? all right well uh, uh zippity-doo-dah bye <laughs>
2: Oh, bro, I've seen surveillance camera footage of there was like legit Ghosts. a ghost that walked from the Haunted Mansion into the freaking rivers or that little water area where Phantasmic is. Yeah. I think rivers of America. I mean, unless it was a fake video, but it was like surveillance camera. And then they show multiple angles. And then there's like this lit figure that walks from Haunted Mansion into the water and then it disappears.
1: Hey, save these for the podcast, dude. These are good stories, man. These are great stories. I'm really scared right now. (laughs) My love for Disney. (laughs) Dude, that is a thing. (laughs)